from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. Coming up, House Republicans are moving forward to eliminate a national security threat, TikTok. There's an immediate threat via TikTok from the Chinese Communist Party that is the reason that I believe we need to ban TikTok immediately. It is the national security threat, their access not just to our data, but the way that they have infiltrated. That was the chair of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, Kathy McMorris-Rogers, on CNN's State of the Union yesterday. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said the House will move forward on a bill to ban TikTok. We'll talk about it. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken has until the close of business today to turn over classified documents related to America's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. We want to know, and the American people deserve to know, and the veterans and the Gold Star Mothers deserve to know what were in those dissenting cables. What was it? It was so important that these 23 employees were reaching out at the highest levels saying we disagree with your policy. That was Congressman Mike McCall, chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. As of 30 minutes ago, we were informed that the State Department had not turned over the information. We'll talk with Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett in just a moment. And what is dividing Israel? Experts say the nation is is at the most dangerous point since the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. Is it Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial reforms that are driving the divide, or is it those wanting to drive Netanyahu from office? We'll get a live report from Chris Mitchell with CBN News from Jerusalem. Residents of Mississippi are still in shock from the weekend tornadoes that devastated towns like Rolling Fork, Mississippi. What we've seen over the last 36 hours in Mississippi, on the one hand, has been heartbreaking to see the loss and devastation of these communities, but on the other hand, has been inspiring and gives me great reason for optimism. That was Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves yesterday in Rolling Fork. We'll talk with Franklin Graham of Samaritan's Purse that is on the ground helping, as they usually do. ESPN is taking March Madness to a new level. ESPN celebrated Women's History Month over the weekend by honoring Leah Thomas, a biological male who swept the NCAA Swimming Championships last year while competing against women. Well, thankfully, lawmakers around the country, including right here in Washington, are addressing this madness We'll talk with the author of the Protection of Women's and Girls in Sports Act of 2023. Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe joins us later here on the program. Finally, another tragedy, this time in Nashville, Tennessee. Three children and three adults were shot and killed at the Covenant School, a private Christian school in Nashville today before police reportedly killed the shooter. This is a developing story that we'll continue to track, but everyone here at the Family Research Council is praying for those Affected, And I encourage all of our viewers and listeners to be praying for those families there at the Covenant School, but also for our nation as violence and lawlessness continues to envelop our nation. We need God in America again. And this is further evidence that as we've moved from his truth and from his ways, we suffer the consequences. Our word to today comes from Ezekiel chapter two, verses six and seven. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you and you sit on scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. 
and you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear. The instruction to be not afraid presupposes that opposition comes when you speak the truth. And by the way, Jesus gave his disciples the same warning in John 15. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So the bottom line, speak truth and don't fear. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. Following the evasive and misleading testimony of TikTok CEO at a congressional hearing last week, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy announced yesterday House Republicans will move forward to ban the social media platform due to privacy concerns and TikTok's connection to the Chinese Communist Party. But despite the Biden administration echoing that such a ban may be necessary, many Democrats have signaled they do not support such a move. So the question is, will Republicans and national security prevail? Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Tim Burchett. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, the Committee on Foreign Affairs, and the Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. He represents the 2nd Congressional District of Tennessee. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's always a pleasure, brother. So, so, Congressman, before we get into today's topics, I'm sure, like many, your thoughts are on what happened in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what this country needs is revival, Tony. I think there, uh, it's being reported that the little girl that did the shooting was actually a little boy, a young man who was what are you, transgender, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I honestly feel like this is some sort of demonic possession that is that has gotten into the into our world today, and it's become accepted when you have this White House has two men that wear dresses. One of them was fired because he was stealing dresses at the airport, and um, and this is just continued this continuation. Obviously, it's a mental health issue, and it's just a complete and total tragedy. And it's um, and all the laws and all the politicians pontificating back and forth are not going to solve it. Um, until we have revival in this country, I'm afraid this is going to be more of the norm than the exception. Uh, Congressman, I agree with you 100 percent. When we kicked God out of our schools and out of the lives of our children, guns and everything else has taken its place and confusion reigns in the classrooms of America. And, and I know that's politically incorrect, but, you know, we're going to have to reach a point where these tragedies are daily occurrences before we come to a point of accepting the fact that we need God in America again. One hundred percent. You know, we've we've kicked God to the curb and we wonder what the heck is going on in our world today. And it's just, um, you know, that we've allowed this bunch to infiltrate our schools. Our public, I realize this is a private school and this, the, the situation's unfolding. And I don't want to say too much. But it is a complete tragedy, and it's a complete failure on the Christian community, actually. I mean, 20 million so-called evangelical Christians decided to stay home this last election cycle, and, um, and we're going we're gonna to reap the whirlwind because of it, I'm afraid, if we are not very careful, Tony. Well, I, I think you're, you're right in that you know, this is a private school, but there, we're not beyond the reach of the culture and the corrupting and the chaotic influence of that culture. So we, we all have a stake in this. And as you pointed out, one of the most simple things to do is vote. That's why we around here, we say we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for those in office. We need to pray for those to run for office. Then we need to vote. And then we need to stand for truth. Pray, vote, stand. And that's the role of every believer in America. 
Absolutely. You know, one thing, one positive thing, if there ever was, that came out of this COVID situation was that parents started looking over their kids' shoulders of what they were learning in the classroom. And I, and I hope that that creates a groundswell of the local races. We as, you know, in the evangelical Christian community, and I throw myself in this, this bunch, um, you know, we focus on the big elections, Congress, Senate, president, but the races that affect us the most are at the local levels is our school boards, our city councils, our mayors. We forget so many times um, the things. I was a county mayor and just so much stuff can slip through the cracks if you don't have folks that are truly God-fearing that are watching over what's going on. And we lose, we lose so much that way. Yeah. Um, every level is important. In fact, even those local levels are more important, I believe, than even what happens in Congress. On co- in Congress here, a lot I like to say in D.C., we're just trying to keep the barbarians at bay. The real ground is gained there in local communities all across America. So, uh, uh, Tim, I want to move on here to the, the TikTok hearing last week and Speaker McCarthy's plan to move forward with banning the platform. Your thoughts? Well, again, I stand 100% with Kevin McCarthy. I think he is, um, he's coming on strong and everything he's done. The Parents' Bill of Rights last week we passed in the House and TikTok. It is a, a incredible influencer with our young people. The Chinese in their country use it as an educational tool. Over here, the, you got to remember the Chinese Communist Party is an evil, evil organization that seeks to overturn and overthrow the entire world. And people better wake up. Because what they do with our kids, they show these kids, these, and, and, and I'll use, for instance, little girls. I, a friend of mine was telling me his daughter has a little bit of depression. She has, she's, she's maybe a little bigger than some of her friends. And she watches these TikTok videos, and they are very misleading. And they show little girls, you know, the happy one, the pretty one, the one that gets the boy, and all that stuff. And, and it's, it creates an image. And the Chinese are using this to, uh, to influence the mental capacity of our, of our children. And we better wake up. It is an enemy. They're using it. They, they use it to um, poach all of our information. They bug all of our phones. They know where we are, what we're doing, what we're buying. Everything is on there. And if it was a United States institution doing it, we'd shut it down. The communist Chinese have been infiltrated every level of government, our Congress, our White House, our local levels. I know Secretary Pompeo told me that they're even down to the PTA level in some communities. We better wake up. TikTok is a dangerous, dangerous uh, apparatus, and it needs to be banned. So to, just to be clear, Congressman, you're, you serve on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. So this is this is type of stuff that you look at. Every is day. TikTok a, a proxy for the Chinese Communist Party? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're using it to influence our children, influence our minds. You know, these kids will stay on these things 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Just watching these videos and picking up, you know, I, I want I want my children to my my daughter. I want her to, to be influenced by me and her mama. I don't want some out of country or somebody or a communist influence to um, to control things in her mind because that's exactly what they attempt to do. You got to remember the communist Chinese, they had a plan. They were going to drop a nuclear bomb on their own people just to see how it would it would react. They they called it off at some of the higher levels, but that's the line of thought these people are. They have no, no sense of, um, no sense of family, no sense of anything. It's just the power structure will, will exist and will, will further them. And to do that, they will destroy us in every aspect of our, of our lives. And, 
these, you know, I, I hear all my friends saying across the aisle talking about, well, we need to analyze this. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We need some laws on the books. The communist Chinese do not follow our laws or rules. They, they go around them. They own politicians. We have politicians that are compromised. And I think you're seeing the exact results of that right now. Yeah, I, I, I do think that years of complacency has brought forth the fruit of it. Uh, and we're seeing it right now. Congressman Burchett, uh, final question for you. The White House has signaled that, uh, yeah, this may need to happen. But as you made reference, Democrats, the other side of the aisle saying, nah, I'm not sure we need to study it more. Will Republicans succeed here in protecting national security and getting this bill across the line? I think we will. I think we'll get it out of the House. It's going to have to happen in the Senate. And there might be a couple of Democrats that, that cross over. The Democrats, though, will, you know, they, it's the carrot and the stick. Like I've said many times, if they're rewarded with the carrot. If they don't, they get the stick. And they vote, they'll vote the country down the, down the tubes just to stay in power. And that, unfortunately, um, bleeds over some. We've yeah. got to be very careful. But I'd, I'd call my congressperson and call my U.S. senator and tell them, ban TikTok. We don't need it. We'll do just that. Congressman Tim Burchett, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday. Thank you for saying kind words about Franklin Graham as well. He does a wonderful job taking care of God's people. He certainly does. He's a great friend. All right, folks, the uh, switchboard, 202-224-3121. You got your marching orders from uh, Congressman Burchett, 202-224-3121. All right, more Washington Watch on the other side of the break as we go to Jerusalem to hear from uh, Chris Mitchell for CBN News. That's next here on Washington Watch. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how his word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this uh, Monday. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu appealed for calm today after an evening of protests and riots led to a wave of work stoppages throughout the country and fears of continuing violence. The unrest reportedly stems from Netanyahu's efforts to overhaul his country's judiciary, primarily the Supreme Court, and follows his firing of the nation's defense minister, who publicly opposed his plan. But is there more behind these well-funded protests that are dividing the country? Joining us now live from Jerusalem to help better understand the situation is Chris Mitchell. He's the Middle East Bureau Chief for CBN News. Chris, welcome back to the program. Great to be with you, Tony. All right. So uh, what are things like right now in Jerusalem tonight? Well, fairly calm right now. I think many of the protests on both the right and the left are over. People are going home, uh, whether it's Tel Aviv or there was thousands of people here in uh, in uh, in Jerusalem. There were thousands on the on the left in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, and then later there were thousands from the right uh, coming to show support for Benjamin Netanyahu and uh uh, and his uh, his judicial reform and his call right now for calm, as he uh, says, he's going to um, put on pause this uh, legislation for judicial reform until after the Passover uh, recess, which should begin about April 5th. So help us better understand this situation, uh, Chris. Um, is it the reforms that Prime Minister Netanyahu is proposing as it pertains to the Supreme Court, or is this a combination of that and some that oppose him trying to use this to drive him from office? I think it's a combination of the two, uh, uh, Tony, and many people do oppose the judicial reforms, and simply what they are is they want to uh, correct what has been for the last 25 years an imbalance in the judiciary here in uh, in Israel, which has become what some have called the uh, most the strongest Supreme Court in the world. Uh, what they want to do with these judicial reforms is they want to have the legislator have some sort of a check over the uh, judiciary, and they want to be able to actually choose the judges in the Supreme Court, not from their own inner circle, uh, but do it with the uh, help of the uh, legislator. But it does go beyond that. It, it does seem that these uh, protests that have gone on for 11 weeks now are very well funded, very well organized. And the ultimate goal is not just judicial reform, but actually toppling the government. And uh, and it really has come to a very close call, I think, even today about uh, whether or not 
the coalition government of Benjamin Netanyahu would survive. I think there are, this is going to be a pause both uh, in the uh, legislature but also politically when hopefully many uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Isaac Herzog, the uh, president of, uh, of Israel, is asking that uh, that there will be a coalition, uh, a, a meeting, I guess, of all the, the heads to uh, come to a compromise that would be beneficial to both sides and avoid what some people have been calling a potential civil war. So you've been in Israel for, for a long time, Chris. How significant is this political divide that is manifesting itself in the streets of Israel right now? The only thing I can uh, compare it to right now, Tony, is back in 2005, you probably remember the disengagement was the unilateral pullout of uh, 9,000 Jews from the Gaza Strip. That really divided the country in a very deep way. What I'm hearing from Israelis is this is much deeper uh, and maybe goes back to the most dangerous time in Israel's history since uh, the 1973 Yom Kippur War. Uh, the divisions are very deep, uh, and but it's exacerbated by some of this outside influence. There has been talk that there is a, a funding not only coming from inside Israel but outside of Israel to foment, uh, you know, this this vitriol between both left and right with the idea of having sort of like a coup d'etat against uh, against the government right now. So it's really an important time to be praying for uh, for the peace of Jerusalem, for wisdom for the leaders right now, uh, especially Benjamin Netanyahu, who's really in the middle of this and uh, going forward, that there would be a godly resolution uh, to what's going on here in uh, in Israel. Uh, Chris, uh, speak for just a moment to the situation with the courts there, because you're familiar with what's what's happened over, uh, you know, the, the the last few decades in the United States when it comes to the court, the Supreme Court here in our country and how that's factored into elections. You know, as I understand what's happened in Israel, that the court there has exercised even more um, overreach than what we've seen here in the United States. Is that correct? Uh, very much so, Tony. In fact, they uh, they can decide whatever is supposed to be a law or not. And the standard they use, because they don't have a constitution like uh, the United States does, is what is reasonable or what is unreasonable. Now, that's open to interpretation. So, And most of the judges right now, the Supreme Court justices, are really a far left side, uh, very activist. So they can really determine what uh, is law and what's permitted. Uh, they, they, so it really is, for example, that they were able to hold up uh, legislation in 2016 to develop some of the gas fields off the Mediterranean coast. Uh, so that's just one example of what they can do. Uh, they can hold up appointments of, uh, uh, or they can have an influence on some of the uh, ministers in the cabinet. Uh, and so it really is quite an overreach of the Supreme Court here. And they're just trying, this judicial reform is just trying to bring, bring it into some balance. And because the, I think the left really wants the uh, Supreme Court as their bastion, I think that's why there is so much uh, vitriol and uh, chaos going on here in Israel right now. It, it doesn't seem, though, that the court is backing down in uh, the use of its uh, power in the wake of this challenge that is being put forward by uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. No, and, and that could be like a real crisis if the legislation is passed where it takes away powers from the Supreme Court and then the Supreme Court go ahead and, and, uh, and strikes down that law. 
then where, what are you left with? So you're really left with a, a really conundrum of what's going to happen if these two opposing forces, the Knesset, uh, will pass this law and the Supreme Court will strike it down. Uh, what's going to happen to Israel? It really is a very, very difficult time here. And, uh, and you know, I would add this, Tony. Uh, everybody in the region is certainly watching what's going on, uh, where Israel seems to be imploding from the inside. So it's a very dangerous and vulnerable time uh, for the state of Israel with Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas. Uh, there's really a deep threat of uh, outside uh, actors that might take advantage of Israel right now. This is a, uh, a very turbulent time for Israel, and we do, do need to be praying intently. And I want to thank you, Chris, for staying up late and uh, joining us there from Jerusalem. Great to be with you, Tony. All right, folks, stick with us. On the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Franklin Graham of Samaritan's Purse to talk about what's happening in Mississippi in the wake of those devastating tornadoes. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Monday. A Category EF4 tornado with winds up to 170 miles per hour ripped through the southeast United States Friday night, killing at least 26 people and flattening the Mississippi town of Rolling Fork, which is just across the Louisiana line. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves issued a state of emergency for affected counties, and President Biden has pledged federal support as the region responds to the massive destruction. Of course, the team at Samaritan's Purse is already on the ground in affected communities with their ministry of aid and relief. Joining me now to discuss uh, the work that his team is doing on the ground and to provide in providing support for those in need is Franklin Graham, president and CEO of Samaritan's Purse. Franklin, uh, welcome back to Washington Watch. 
Thank you, Tony. Good to be with you. Well, I, I know that you guys are the first on the ground, usually in the wake of these types of storms. As soon as I saw the the devastating effects of this, it was unbelievable. And I'm just looking at pictures. Um, I, I knew you guys would be there. Tell us what you're learning and hearing from your team on the ground in Mississippi. Well, uh, Tony, uh, I think, first of all, people are numb, uh, still in shock. Uh, you know, People that you know, there was just a loss of life. Uh, these are small communities where people know everybody. They're they're poor communities, Tony. Um, so much, uh, so many of the people lived in mobile homes, and, uh, and of course, there those are gone. And you know, people don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. Um, we're we're down there. We'll be helping them cut uh, trees and clean off their lots. Uh, help them look for. Uh, valuables, maybe it's a picture or a wedding ring or something like that. Our, our volunteers are good at doing stuff like that, sifting through uh, what's left after the storm uh, destroyed this community, these communities. We're working in three areas, Tony, uh, Rolling Fork, Silver City, and Amory. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at right now, I've been talking to a mobile home manufacturer about replacing uh, some of these homes. We're going to order right now initially about 100 uh, brand-new mobile homes. We'll do two and three bedroom uh, mobile houses, and uh, as lots are cleared off and we can identify the owner of the land, uh, we'll help people get back in. Uh, you know, these people that don't have insurance, God is their insurance, and we're just going to be the insurance agent uh, to try to get as many people. And, and you know what, Tony? If we can, we'll we'll buy 500 uh, mobile homes if that's the need. Uh, we'll just try to get as many of these uninsured people back into a home. And I know exactly what you're describing, the shock, um, just not even know where to turn. And when you when you look around, you have a community like this, uh, and I use a frame of reference personally as the flood we went through in 2016 in my hometown of Baton Rouge. When everybody's affected, where do you turn? And that's where groups like Samaritan's Purse coming in and helping. But it's not just the physical needs that are being met, which are so powerful and so important, but it's also the spiritual needs. Uh, We just saw a clip for those watching of Samaritan's Purse volunteers praying. you got Billy Graham ministry uh, chaplains that are on the ground there uh, that are ministering. This is is something the government can't do, that Samaritan's Purse and others can do, and we can be a part of that by supporting Samaritan's Purse. Well, one thing to, uh, about our teams, our volunteers, uh, we we ask for Christians, and you know, so our volunteers are Christians. We have chaplains, but so many of our volunteers are are, are involved in ministry, uh, praying with the homeowners, uh, praying and playing with the children, uh, consoling them. Uh, they just do an incredible job. Uh, but the spiritual need is huge. You know, many people are asking the question, is God mad at us? Why Why did this happen? Uh, why did I lose my aunt or my uncle or my mother or my father, my, my wife or his husband? Why? And so these are these are questions that uh, we can't answer, but we can love them and assure them that God is not mad. God isn't angry. God loves us and he cares for us. And it, Jesus himself went through storms. We all go through storms, Tony, in life. But uh, what are the anchors that we hang on to? And that anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he can take us to the other side. And when we look at the aftermath of the storm, we just wonder, you know, people wonder, uh, can we get through this? Yes, you can get through it. 
you put your faith and trust in God and his son, Jesus Christ, he can get you through. Does it mean it'll be easy? No, it will be difficult. It'll be hard. Uh, But at the same time, we have an opportunity uh, to just to love people. And everything we do, Tony, we want to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. We're not down there in the name of humanitarianism or whatever. We're there in the name of Jesus. And that's what uh, governments and uh, others uh, that are not Christian organizations, they just can't do that. And that's Uh, why we can. That's why you're on the that's why you're here on the program talking about it, because I've seen that in action. It's not just uh, script on your trucks. It is uh, words that you put in action every time you show up. And that's the real source of hope. You know, these things, these tragedies were changed by them. We could be changed for the better, even out of these tragic situations. But it is looking to our source of hope. Very quickly, before we run out of time here, Franklin, just 30 seconds left. How can people help Samaritan's Purse help the people of Mississippi and elsewhere? Well, we need volunteers uh, right now. They go to uh, SamaritansPurse.org. They can see uh, where they can uh, get more information. They can volunteer if they want. Of course, we always need financial help, but the the, the greatest need is for volunteers, Uh, someone with a strong back, strong arms, and uh, who are willing to just come down and and, uh, sift through through debris, Uh, but do it in Jesus' name. All right. We will certainly encourage people to do just that. Franklin, always great to uh, to see you. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us today. Thank you, Tony. And folks, do that. Go to uh, you go to TonyPerkins.com if you didn't catch that, SamaritansPurse.org. But uh, if you can, consider volunteering and helping. The need is great. Tremendous opportunities to serve. All right, coming up next, ESPN celebrated Women's History Month over the weekend by honoring a biological male who denied women opportunities through his dominance in women's swimming. That's next. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. This is Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. And also do this. Mark your calendars. The summit is back in D.C., the annual gathering of what we call sage cons, the spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives. Well, it's going to be here in Washington, D.C., the Pray Vote Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th at the Omni Shoreham Hotel, right here in Washington, D.C., to register and to uh, take advantage of the early bird rates, go to prayvotestand.org. That's prayvotestand.org, or go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. ESPN, the self-proclaimed worldwide leader in sports, which I don't watch, celebrated uh, Women's History Month yesterday with a segment honoring Leah Thomas a biological male who swept the NCAA swimming championships last year while competing against women. So he beat the women. Well, ESPN's deliberate move to uh, court controversy comes even as just last week, the World Athletic Council, the governing body for track and field competitions, announced it will not, not, N-O-T, allow transgender athletes to compete against women in ranked international competitions, including the Olympics. Now, it is worth noting that when reporting this news, taxpayer-funded NPR felt it necessary to state that the ban comes, quote, I'm quoting from them, despite limited scientific research involving elite trans athletes, end quote. (sighs) Talk about March Madness. Well, join me now to discuss this and more, Congressman Greg Stubbe who recently had his bill, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023, advanced through committee, moving its way to the House floor. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee and the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. He represents the 17th Congressional District of Florida. Congressman Stubbe, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Thanks for having me back. Well, it's good to have you back on. We've been uh, missing ha- missing having you on the program following your accident uh, earlier this year. Uh, how's your recovery coming? Everything's coming great. Uh, obviously, when you break your pelvis, it was one of the, the things that I had happen. It takes some time uh, for that to heal, but we're doing better every day. I'm walking without a cane or crutches and uh, getting around the halls of Washington uh, much better than I was a few weeks ago. So uh, getting stronger and healing every day, thanks to uh, thanks to God. So are you going to leave the tree trimming to uh, to others? Yeah, my wife, I think, wants me to stay off extension ladders with chainsaws, so uh, it's probably best to get a quote 
for uh, said activity in the future, but we'll see. Well, we're, uh, we're glad you're back and you're mending well. Uh, before I get to the discussion of your bill, which you've been working on for quite some time, it's now made its way out of committee, probably going to pass through the floor because states are passing these types of bills left and right. I, I, I want to go back to a, a topic. You're no longer on the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee, but you were in the last Congress. And, and I want to get you to comment on the State Department refusing to release uh, information uh, to the committee as it pertained to the, uh, the the cable traffic that was going back and forth in the State Department during the Afghan withdrawal. Well, that just tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? You have Congress requesting information from the State Department that is required to give us information that we fund that department about a very public withdrawal uh, that that found uh, 13 of our service members were killed in action because of the disastrous withdrawal that Biden put in place. And now they're stonewalling and delaying giving us that information. Uh, if I was the chairman, I would just uh, subpoena the information right away instead of requesting it. But Chairman McCall likes to be judicious and uh, respectful in his approach and requested the information in the hopes that he wouldn't have to subpoena the information. Uh, but this administration is going to try to delay for as long as possible us, members of Congress on the Republican side, getting the information as to how this withdrawal went about, uh, when they knew what they knew, why they made the decisions that they made, because we all know, the world knows uh, how disastrous it was and shows the weakness, not just in this administration, but this State Department. Now, you and I talked about this back at the end of last year before the 118th Congress was seated. Uh, your prediction was that the Republicans were going to take this administration to task in a number of areas. And, uh, you know, we're now, you know, almost three months into uh, this administration, into March, um, or into this uh, Congress. Are, are you uh, are, are you? confident that we're going to continue to see the Republicans challenging the status quo and the path that this administration has been leading the nation down? Yes, absolutely. From everything from what happened in Afghanistan to energy, uh, this week we'll be focusing on H.R. 1 and energy, and uh, we'll be we'll be bringing this administration to task on all of these issues. And it's good to get the documents first, but um, uh, hopefully, if, even if they're not willing to do that, the chairman will subpoena that information on Afghanistan. And I hope, again, I'm not on the committee now, but I hope the chairman intends on bringing in Mark Milley, bringing in Blinking, uh, Blinken. And if they're not willing to come in voluntarily, subpoenaing them to come in and ask them those tough questions about the withdrawal. The American people deserve the answers of what occurred. There's so many different things that you could ask them on. Uh, as it relates to the failures that we saw in Afghanistan. I mean, as we sit here today, there's still $80 billion worth of military equipment that's in the hands of a globally recognized terrorist organization, all because of the decisions that this administration made. Well, I will say that I've been encouraged by the fight that I've seen in the Republicans and the unity that I've seen as well, where they are standing together, uh, keeping or, or trying to call this administration to account. Now, let's discuss your bill, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of uh, 2023. As I mentioned, this is not the first time you've introduced this legislation. Um, do the actions like those of ESPN show why bills like yours are so necessary? Yeah, 100%. And I'd, and I'd remind your viewers, because I didn't 
realize this at first uh, a while ago, but ESPN is actually owned by Disney. So if you see them acting in a woke manner and, and doing these type of things, uh, look no further than the policies that Disney puts in place for that. Uh, and, and it's exactly what we're fighting against. Uh, biological men should not be competing with biological women on uh, on the sports field of any sport. That's why Congress created Title IX uh, in the 70s, many, many years ago, to combat against that and give women an, an equal playing field to be able to compete with other women in uh, Title IX and collegiate activities and, and high school activities. And my bill would uh, level the playing field and only allow uh, biological women compete against biological women in Title IX sports. And if these schools refuse to uh, participate in this bill, if it were to pass, they're going to lose their federal funding. And I'm happy that Virginia Fox and the uh, Education and Labor Committee passed that out of committee. Uh, unfortunately, on along party lines, it shows you where the Democrats are on this issue. And we should get a vote on the House floor, if not this week, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and put it, every, every American should know where their representative stands on this very important issue. Uh, not only to the women and girls that play these athletics, but to the parents that support their children and don't want biological men in the locker room with their biological daughters. Greg, you got to be encouraged by the fact that when you first introduced this uh, a few years back, you were kind of standing alone. You're like the only one, and there, you took a lot of flack for it. But now we've seen state after state pass very similar legislation at the state level. Well, and they need to continue to do that because of states' rights, um, because we, we'll pass this on the House side, I anticipate, at some point. Um, Speaker McCarthy is committed to meet it to have a vote on this, and it'll pass the House. Uh, but we, we don't know where the Senate is because it's in Democratic control. So it is important for those states to stand up uh, for women's women and women's sports and pass that under a states' rights type issue uh, because we will. I do think we'll get it passed in the in the House on this side, this Congress. But I doubt that the Senate's going to take it up. So I encourage those states to continue to fight this fight. Let me switch topics. You brought this up just a moment ago. You mentioned H.R. 1, the Lower Energy Cost Act. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we're going to do everything to combat exactly what the Biden administration is doing as it relates to energy. Uh, they came in and started ending domestic production of oil and gas, making it very difficult for oil companies to produce leases, which is why you've seen skyrocketing costs and energy costs. Uh, we're going to reverse that. We're going to open up the ability for domestic production of oil and gas. We're going to allow for the federal government to have leases on federal land uh, to, to basically reverse everything this Biden administration has done, which will aid the economy, which will uh, decrease inflation because you're not going to see inflation as it relates to gas and oil and natural gas. I saw a statistic. Uh, I think it was gasoline's up 88 percent from the time Joe Biden took office. Uh, natural gas is up 50 percent. The numbers are staggering, all because of the decisions that this administration has made. And this bill is going to reverse all of that. I mean, it is it's not only a consumer issue for us as, as you know, in this tough economy where people are paying more for energy costs, but it's also a national security issue. Absolutely. It's absolutely a national security energy. We shouldn't be getting our energy from Russia. We shouldn't be getting our energy from the Iranians or the Saudi Arabia. We should be producing it right here in the United States. And before Trump left office, that's exactly what we were doing. We were energy independent in this country. And that's the way it should be, not just like you said, not just for economic reasons, but for the national security of our country. Greg Stubbe, always great to see you. Glad you're back in you. town and uh, that you're doing Thank better. You. Glad to be back in the fight. All right, uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida. 
So another uh, another action item. Be sure you're talking to your members of Congress about uh, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. Again, the uh, the number to the Capitol switchboard. You should have this on your uh, programmed into your phones, but it's 202-224-3121. I want to bring in our vice president of policy and government affairs here in Washington, D.C. at the Family Research Council, Travis Weber, uh, to give us an update on some legislation that's been moving through the states as it pertains to these issues that we've been talking about, the whole transgender issue. Travis, uh, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here. Uh, Before, uh, I I do want to mention a poll that um, was brought to my attention today, and where did I put it, Uh, regarding where Americans are when it comes to discussing the the various issues. Um, Here it is. Majority of Americans approve of citizens and elected officials speaking their minds on politics, but not public school teachers. Now, this uh, this was a poll that was conducted by Grinnell College um, that looked at a a variety, like seven different areas, Uh, members of Congress, uh, public schools, um, uh, elected officials, uh, pastors, uh, a host of people in terms of where, uh, who should be allowed to to uh, speak on these issues. And it was with the exception of public school teachers, they felt, the overwhelming majority felt people should be able to speak their mind on issues. Uh, and in particular, the concern over what's happening in schools is is creating a political shift, which we'll probably talk more about this week. And that is uh, you, we're seeing more and more uh, suburban women aligned with Republicans because of what's been happening in, in elementary school classrooms, kind of this indoctrination. But it all surrounds this one issue, and that is this issue of transgenderism. That seems to be at the uh, the hub of the concern. And as we were just talking with Congressman Stubbe about the women's sports issue, we're seeing states address this issue. So give us an update on what is happening, just how widespread this effort is across the country. Yeah, no, Tony, it's really encouraging to see the groundswell of support um, for the idea that we need to address gender ideology. We need to address those who want to push irreversible surgical and uh, other procedures on children that are going to alter them for life. These are this is experimenting on children. Thankfully, the American people are waking up to it. We're seeing over 100 bills successfully moving, uh, close to 100 moving this year currently, been over 100 introduced. Ten have passed a state legislative body. Um, five or seven have been signed into law this year. Uh, this follows uh, you know, several of these bills being passed into law in the previous several years at state legislative sessions, but a, a significant encouraging uptick in the, these bills moving through state legislatures, and, and we're not done yet. We're tracking other important bills like the one moving in Montana, Nebraska. But, Tony, when we're seeing these numbers, uh, we're encouraged that the American people, through their state elected, uh, electoral system, state processes for, for being represented in their governments by their state legislatures are um, are responding and acting and, and addressing this, these horrific procedures through clear-headed, uh, clear-eyed policy that protects children. And it all starts with being able to talk about these issues. 
to to be able to discuss them, to speak out um, without fear of being deplatformed or being canceled. And it, again, going back to this poll, it's just interesting that 92 percent of people think the public should be able to speak out about these issues. Um, 88 percent members of Congress, they should be able to speak out. Public school students, 73 percent of them should uh, uh, 70. 73 percent of the public feels like they should be able to, to speak. Professional athletes, 68 uh, percent of the public says they should be free to speak. College professors, 58 percent say they should be able to sp- uh, speak. A majority say the clergy in places of worship should be free to speak. Uh, the only place, uh, as I mentioned, public school teachers uh, in the classroom, elementary and secondary education, only 41 percent, because there's a concern about the indoctrination. But this is how you change the, the course of a country. This is how you pass policy. You talk about these things, and that's why I think it's so important. Uh, Tony, it absolutely is, and, and we're seeing that play out. Um, you know, th- these, these important dis- matters of public concern are coming to light. You know, I mentioned the bills that are moving, but <clears throat> you look at attention that the issue itself is getting where – uh, there are investigations and, and coverage of uh, what has been happening really out of the public's eye. For example, at the Washington University Gender Clinic, where uh, now there's investigations into right. that clinic where children are being experimented on and ideas are being pushed that allow children to ex- be experimented on. So we are thankful for this debate. Right now, there's an effort to override the Kentucky governor's veto of a gender transition bill. Travis, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time, but we will continue the conversation. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says you've done everything you can do when you've prayed, when you've spoken up, when you've taken your stand. Just keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.